Happy Friday, everybody. It is Friday, May 13th, 2022. This is the Second Half Podcast. I'm Tom Powell, and as always, if you're listening to this, that means you made it through another week, and margaritas are in order. Especially today, for a few different reasons. One, it's Friday the 13th. And that, in and of itself, is reason enough to go get yourself a pitcher of margaritas and just drink until you forget the week. Number two... We here in the Midwest, specifically us in the Chicagoland area, have been going through a doozy of a heat wave. An unusual heat wave for our area for this time of year. We've had 90 or above for like three or four days, and your boy doesn't do 90s. Uh, usually it takes until sometime in June or July before we start getting really hot like that and things start getting nasty around here. Uh, but we, we got this bitch of a week worth of heat wave dumped on us, uh, and, and it's just been grotesque. The AC has been cranking. People have been sweating buckets, and, and I, just, I just don't like the heat. I just don't, I, I chafe. Things rub that shouldn't rub. But Tom, just put some talcum powder down your shorts. Why? So I can turn it into really sticky pancake batter? Hard pass. Hard pass. And the third reason why you should go ahead and get yourself some margaritas. Today is my 50th birthday. That's right. Your boy has been alive as of today for a half a century. I was born on May 13th, 1972 at Gottlieb Hospital in Melrose Park, Illinois at 12.13 p.m. We're going to talk a little bit more about my 50 years on the planet at the end of this podcast. That's going to be the story we're going to end with today. Uh, But those are the three reasons right off the top of my head why you should go ahead and get yourself some margaritas and get fucked up. Fucked up. Now, I don't drink. I do enjoy occasional margarita. Don't get me wrong. But I don't drink uh, in general. Uh, I'm a smoker. And so what I'm going to do right now is, uh, in honor of my 50th birthday, uh, I'm going to go ahead and switch things up a bit and light this joint. Excuse me. Oh, yeah. Happy fucking birthday to me. Oh, yeah. All right. Before we get into the things that we're going to talk about this week, let me go ahead and do the weekly housekeeping that I always do. Uh, These are uh, dedicated and directed towards the people who uh, are finding me for the first time, the noobs, the people who don't know anything about me yet. Uh, If you're finding this podcast for the very first time, a couple things you need to know. One, this is an amateur podcast that's done in my home office on a $100 mic and a four-year-old laptop computer. This is not a professional production. There's a there's a window fan in the window uh, blowing smoke out so I don't hot box the bitch. Uh, the dogs are probably going to bark if the landscaper or the UPS guy comes. Uh, it's meant to be like two people sitting on the deck shooting the shit. It is not meant to be a professional, finished, polished product. So don't freak out if you hear background noise, okay? Secondly, 
If you're finding me for the very first time, chances are you don't know about my website. So if you have an opportunity to, please swing by oldhippymedia.com. That's oldhippymedia.com. And you're going to find links on where you can follow me on all of the social media platforms. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, uh, Clapper, all of that shit. You're going to find a link to my merch store. Over 400 items uh, in the merch store right now. T-shirts, hoodies, face masks, phone cases, aprons, buttons, magnets, stickers, note cards, uh, uh, you name it. Wine tumblers. And my Father's Day merch is up now. Go check out the uh, Dad, Thanks for Knocking Mom Up merch and the uh, World's Dopest Dad merch. You're also going to find a link on where you can buy one of my uh, two first uh, self-published first two. Wow. Did I just trip over my own tongue? I believe I did. I believe another hit might be in order in the near future. Uh, A link on where you can buy one of my first two self-published books available in paperback or ebook formats. And those books are... A Grateful Life, The Life Story of a Husband, Father, and Taco-Loving Deadhead, which details the first 45 years of my life, including the unusual circumstances surrounding my birth, uh, the severe child abuse I suffered at the hands of my mother, uh, running away from home, dropping out of high school, hitting the road, meeting my wife, having our family, starting a business, taking care of my father in the last four years of his life, and then retiring early at the age of 45. The other book is entitled Dearest Renee, Letters from the Coronavirus War of 2020, and that's a series of 77 quote-unquote letters that I wrote to my wife in the form of Facebook posts during uh, our state, uh, Illinois, uh, their quarantine uh, early in 2020. Uh, My wife was an essential worker. I was a retired uh, landscaper. Our kids were sent home to a homeschool at the end of that school year. And so I wrote my wife a letter every day in the form of a Facebook post as if we were a a camp, a military camp on the front lines of a war. I was in charge of the camp. The kids were the soldiers in the camp. The pets were the livestock that lived among us. And I described the day's activities in a kind of an old school Civil War type thing. You've seen the memes. Dearest Prudence, all may be lost soon if morale is not boosted. That kind of shit. On that same website, you're also going to find a link on where you can sign up for my Patreon subscription service. If you like this podcast, which is free and airs every Friday, I do bonus podcast episodes every other week, usually on Tuesdays. We call it Taco Tuesdays with Tom, where I discuss non-political news stories and give you a new, uh, different uh, story from my personal past. It might be a story from my past with my wife, uh, dealing with my parents, uh, life on the road, uh, life as, an, uh, as, a, as a business uh, owner, something. I don't know. I pick a new one every couple of weeks. That can be found over on Patreon. And last but not least, on that website, you're also going to find a link on where you can book me on uh, Cameo. If you want to do a video shout-out to somebody, you want to wish them a happy birthday, congratulations on the new baby. Hey, awesome, you got a promotion. Or if you just want to tell somebody that they're a fucking dumbass, hey, man, your pizza sucks and your football team blows rhino. I can do that for you over on Cameo. Once again, all of that can be found at oldhippymedia.com. That's oldhippie, H-I-P-P-I-E, media.com. All right, that's enough advertisement. For this particular podcast, I do not like to turn it into a big, giant advertisement, but because it was my birthday, uh, I felt 
a little bit of freedom to take it a little bit longer than I normally do on a week-to-week basis. Now that that's all said and done with, let's go ahead and get into the stories for this week. The first story is a non-political story that I wanted to talk about on this platform instead of just over on uh, Patreon this time around, and that would be that the 2022 Rock and Roll Hall of Fame class is set. Let me read you uh, what that class is. The general inductees are Pat Benatar, Duran Duran, Eminem, Dolly Parton, Lionel Richie, and Carly Simon. Going in under the musical excellence category are Judas Priest and Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. Under the early influence award category, we have Harry Belafonte and Elizabeth Cotton. Now, for reference sake, uh, acts that were up for induction this year but who did not make it included Devo and Rage Against the Machine, two acts that I think should have made it in. Now, I've made no bones about the fact that I simultaneously love and despise the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame for this very shit right here. It is the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Why are Dolly Parton and Eminem in there? Fuck, why is Lionel Richie in there? Am I hating on Eminem, Dolly Parton, and Lionel Richie? No, Lionel Richie uh, has a solidified place in music history. Eminem is a legend in the rap world, and Dolly Parton's a fucking god. Goddess. My apologies. These are all legendary acts, but they're not rock and roll. Dolly Parton almost did the right thing by declining uh, this induction. And I've long stated that if you want to change the name of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame to the Music Hall of Fame, I'm completely down with that because that is what it is turned into. And in that case, if you want to call it the Music Hall of Fame, all three of these acts deserve to be in. Eminem, Dolly Parton, and Lionel Richie, of course Hall of Famers. All of them. But as long as it's the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, none of them belong in. And just for more reference sake, let me read for you just a handful of notable musical acts that are still not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Keep in mind, Eminem just got in. Dolly Parton, country singer, is in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. We have uh, uh, a ton of various rap, pop, and country acts that are holding spots in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, but we don't seem to be able to find room for Blue Oyster Cult. Billy Idol. Now, some of you might go, well, Blue Oyster Cult, who's that? The Don't Fear the Reaper? Don't Fear the Reaper. No, the wind and the sun and the chain. Yeah, yeah, I'm not a musician. I don't know what to fucking tell you. Billy Idol, you know who the fuck that is. Bachman Turner Overdrive, taking care of business every day. America. I've been to the desert on a horse with no name. It felt good to get out of the rain. Once again, I'm not musically inclined. Motley Crue isn't in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, but Eminem is. Pantera's not in. Kansas, dust in the wind. 
All we are is dust in the wind. You my boy, Blue! Kansas isn't in. Foreigner's not in. Foghat isn't in. Eddie Money isn't in. I got two tickets to paradise. Eddie Money's not in, but Eminem is in. Boston isn't in. Thin Lizzy, the boys are back in town. Thin Lizzy's not in. And of course, I continue to stand on uh, the fact that the biggest name that is yet to be inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is Ozzy Osbourne for his solo work. He's in as a part of Black Sabbath, but his solo work is Hall of Fame worthy. So we've just inducted Eminem, Dolly Parton, and Lionel Richie while leaving out all of those acts. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, until it changes its name to the Music Hall of Fame, has zero credibility. Zero. I'm still going to watch the show because they're probably going to be good acts. Pat Benatar, damn good performer. Uh, I like her songs. I'm, I'm interested to see how that one goes down. Duran Duran, another one that I would argue is not necessarily rock and roll. I'd say that's more pop. Probably shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame either. But I love me some Duran Duran. Can't wait to see what that uh, performance is going uh, to be like. Excuse me. And I love Eminem and Dolly Parton. I'm going to be entertained by seeing what, if anything, they do as a performance. They just don't belong in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So... I'm going to get the fuck off of my high horse now when it comes to uh, musical snobbery. Snobbery? Snob, snobbery. 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 Snob. <sighs> Hang on a minute. <sighs> snobbery. And we're going to move on to uh, politics. We're going to go ahead and turn to the world of politics. And I shouldn't be surprised by this, but it's still shocking to see becoming a reality. Um, But a member of the Republican Party won his primary election from jail. Where, by the way, he awaits the outcome of his arrest for murdering his wife, allegedly. From jail. Okay, let me just let me just read you parts of this story here because this this goes to show you where the mindset of your your average Republican voter is. Okay, the candidate, his name is Andrew. I, I hope I'm saying it right. Will Hoyt, W I L H O I T E. Andrew Will Hoyt, forty of Lebanon, Indiana. Of fucking course, it's Indiana. <sighs> was arrested on March 26th for the murder of his wife, Elizabeth Wilhoyt. Unless Wilhoyt withdraws from the race by July 15th or is convicted at trial, slated for August, he will remain on the ballot. You fucking believe this? Can you fucking... They're going to have a fucking murderer, allegedly, on their fucking ballot. According to published reports, Will Hoyt first denied knowledge of his wife's whereabouts after she failed to arrive for work 
March 25th, but later admitted to hitting her with a flower pot during an altercation and disposing of her body in a creek. The motherfucker hit his wife in the head with a concrete flower pot. She was found there by the police. She had just completed chemotherapy, by the way. Yeah, that's right. She had cancer. Just went through chemotherapy, and this motherfucker killed her by hitting her in the fucking head with a concrete flower pot and disposed of her body in a fucking creek. And he just won his primary for the Republican nomination for the seat he's seeking. Voters in the rural town in Boone County, about 30 miles northwest of Indianapolis, were asked to select three names to fill the vacant seats of the township board, and Andrew was one of the only three Republicans running. And they voted for him. Republicans are showing you that they would literally vote for a murderer who is currently in jail, then take a look at another candidate, alleged murderer, of course. Amazing? Yes. Stunning? Yes. Incomprehensible? Yes. Expected? Yes. We have now entered into the official, I could shoot a guy on Fifth Avenue and not lose any votes, part of our country's history. We are, we're devolving as a society. We are regressing as a society. We're devolving as a people. How could anybody take a look at a ballot, see three names that they could choose from, one of them being somebody who's accused of murdering his wife and who has confessed to said murder. And you go, yeah, I need to pull I need to pull the trigger for that guy. I need to pull the lever for that guy. That's pull the trigger. <laughs> Bad analogy. I need that guy in office. It is unfucking real that that guy got a single vote including members of his own goddamn family but that's where we are in America today that's where the fuck we are in America today they will vote for a man accused of and who has confessed to murdering his wife before looking at anybody else in their own fucking party let alone the other party But I guess we should expect that from a party that has now shown how hell-bent they are to push whatever extreme agenda and view of the world that exists in their head, including going back to a period in time in which we controlled women's bodies through the legislative process. As you know, we have the leak from the Supreme Court stating that they're on the verge of overturning Roe v. Wade for the first time in 50 years. 
allowing states to go back to making the decision as to whether or not abortion is legal or not. There are 25 states currently that have what's called, what are called, trigger laws on the books that state that if Roe is ever overturned, abortion is instantly illegal in that state again. And in addition to those states that already have those trigger laws, Republican states are racing to pass laws restricting anything they can. Idaho, for example, is trying to ban birth control. Birth control. You can't get an abortion, but you can't stop yourself from getting pregnant either. Tell me they're not trying to turn women into factories. House State Affairs Committee Chairman Brent Crane, Republican, shocker, said he would hold hearings on legislation banning emergency contraception and abortion pills during a Friday interview with Idaho Public Television. Quote, IUDs, I'm not for certain yet on where I would be on that particular issue. Who says that you have a say? Let me, okay, let me ask you a question, Brent. Do you have an IUD in you? No. Do you need an IUD in you? No? No? Okay, okay. One more question, real quick. Uh, Would you like us to hold you down and insert an IUD in you? No? No? Then you don't get a fucking say. Ever. Ever. In a Saturday interview, Crane clarified that he supports contraception, including IUDs, and would not support hearing Banning's contraception generally. Uh, only when you had pressure in your face, my friend. Only when you had pressure in your face. He says he has safety concerns with emergency contraceptions like Plan B and abortion pills and would therefore be willing to hold hearings about them. Crane said that there have been reports of, quote, complications, unquote, caused by morning after pills and of abortion pills causing, quote, health concerns for the mom, end quote, despite years of research showing the safety of both medications. You're going to have to forgive me crane but I'm going to trust the men and women in the white coats not the extremist in the suit with the American flag lapel pin and if that doesn't show you how hell bent these Republicans are on controlling women's bodies you have these two events that happened this week You have the the failed vote that was held on the floor of the Senate to codify abortion rights in this country. Every single Republican voted against it, including uh, damn near Republican Joe Manchin of West Virginia. Every single Republican senator is now officially on record. Every single Republican senator, man and woman, is now on record as voting against a woman's right to choose what happens to her body. And in addition to that, 
Mitch McConnell announced this week that if the Republicans take back the, the, the Congress, if they take back the House and the Senate in this year's 2022 fall midterm elections, they will pass a bill to ban abortion nationwide. Now, Joe Biden would never sign that bill. So if they take the midterms in 2022... Rest assured that it's not going to be illegal to get an abortion in blue states because, A, Joe Biden isn't going anywhere for two years, and even if he did go somewhere, it would be Kamala Harris stepping into that role over the course of the next two years. And, B, Republicans are not going to have a veto-proof majority even if they do take back the House and Senate this fall. But what it shows you, what it shows you is that they are now very open about the fact that everything they told you about this was complete and utter bullshit. What is the excuse that they have been fighting uh, with uh, uh, pro-choice people for years? This should be a state's rights issue. We should overturn Roe to give the decision back to the states because that's what Roe was. State after state after state would make their own laws concerning abortion, and the red states would make it illegal, and the blue states would say it, it, it is legal. And... And then there was a a case that made it to the Supreme Court in which the Supreme Court upheld a woman's right to choose, uh, a woman's right to have privacy of choice in her medical decisions, and it protected at the federal level abortion. By overturning Roe, it takes that decision, that, that protection away at the federal level, and it puts those decisions back down to the state level. And that's what they say they want. They want the states to make that decision. Well, if the states are allowed to make those decisions, how does passing a federal bill banning abortion, even if the state wants it to be legal within their boundaries, allowing states' rights to prevail? The Republican Party, since the onset of of Mitch McConnell's uh, war on the judiciary, and the onset of, of Trumpism, uh, the Republican Party has shown you over and over and over again that what the Republican Party is really about is exactly the opposite of everything it tells you. It tells you it's about limited government, but it wants to expand government's powers to be able to control certain people's bodies. It tells you it wants less government in, in intrusion into our lives, but yet it wants to use the government as an enforcement tool to control who can and can't get married. It it tells you that we should have uh, less government involvement in the private sector, but yet it wants the government to tell companies that they cannot set whatever terms of employment they want if those terms of employment include uh, you needing to get a vaccine. And they tell you, therefore, states' rights. Limited federal government, more power to the states. But what they've shown you over and over and over again in all of these uh, these uh, different positions and opinions that they've taken, and now with the announcement that they will attempt to ban abortion on the federal level through Congress, is that what they're really about is maximizing power at the top. Centralized federal power. Now... I'm kind of glad that the Republicans are getting towards more federal uh, government involvement uh, because there are a lot of things that I would like to do away with at the state level and have it just be a a federal issue so that we have uniformity across the country. 
but the Republicans are approaching it not as the federal government as a whole gets to uh, set standards for the nation as a whole, but very few people in the federal government get to set these standards. They are interested in extraordinarily concentrated uh, power at the federal level. The hands, uh, the hand of a handful of uh, members of Congress and the President of the United States. But remember, only when that president is a Republican. It is more important than ever before to go through everything you need to go through to make sure you're registered to vote. You need to make sure right fucking now that you're registered to vote. Don't wait. Don't think that there's a deadline down the road sometime. Get your ass registered to vote. Take your friends to get registered to vote. Tell your family members, hey, have you checked your uh, voter ID card? Is it up to date? Do you need to register to vote? If so, let's go. Get in the car. I'll take you. I'll help you. Make a plan to vote. You know the various ways of voting that exist. You know when election day is. Make a plan. Know what, what you're going to do to make sure your vote is counted. Don't wait and figure it out on the fly. Make a plan. Figure out where you got to go. Figure out what time you got to go there. Figure out how long the average line to go there is. Do all of the research you need to do ahead of time. This midterm, this midterm is all about women's bodily autonomy at this point in time. And if the Republicans take over Congress this, uh, this November, then it's all out war. On the female body, it's all out war on the female part uh, body, and it's all out war on the Constitution of the United States because the members of the House have already said that if they take over, the Republican members of the House, if they take over, their number one goal, articles of impeachment for both Biden and Harris and probably Nancy Pelosi. And now the Republicans in the Senate are telling you openly in front of microphones, that their number one order of business is abolishing abortion at the federal level. Mitch McConnell cannot be allowed to take the Senate back over again. We need to win this election. We need to hold on to even the slimmest of majorities in the Senate and ensure that Mitch McConnell gets to the point where he's too old to come back before he has power again. He can never again be allowed to have the Senate after that announcement. Ever. Get engaged in the system. Get registered. Make a plan. Talk to your family and friends. Talk to your coworkers. Talk to the moms and dads at your kids' uh, school events. Do whatever the hell you got to do to mobilize the fuck out of the vote this November. If you need help in figuring it out, send me a message. You found me on one of the social media platforms? Send me a message. I'll help guide you to wherever you need to be guided to to get you into a voting booth. After an entire lifetime in which women were protected at the federal level from being able to make their own medical decisions, we are now going to start going backwards. And that is no good. There is, there is no good that comes from that.
Now, when I say an entire lifetime, I mean my entire lifetime. I am, as I said at the beginning of this podcast, 50 years old today. I am as old as Roe v. Wade. We both came into existence at the same time. And uh, I, I want to sort of turn off politics for a minute. And I just want to kind of talk about 50 years. First things first. The fact that I'm sitting here at 50 is... Kind of unbelievable for me. When I was in my early to mid 20s, I never in a million years thought that I would get to 50. And I, I guess in the back of my head, having family members that were 50, I knew that that was something that was obviously clearly a possibility. But the kind of life that I was living and the kind of lifestyle I was living and at that time in my life, I didn't think 50 was even an option. I wasn't even thinking about 50. So I, I got I to gotta admit I'm a little blown away that I'm, I'm sitting here at a half a century old. So I was just thinking over the course of the last few days, 50 years, man. What the fuck have you lived through in 50 years? And so I, I literally opened up a note on my uh, on my iPhone, and every day when something popped into my head, I jot something else down. So first things first, fifty years. That's uh, that's two different millennium that I've lived in, and six different decades. Six different decades, I've I've lived through. Fifty years is six hundred months. It's two thousand six hundred and seven weeks. It's eighteen thousand two hundred and fifty-one days, or four hundred and thirty-eight thousand hours. I've been fortunate to live through some amazing things. I've been fortunate to be alive and share the earth with. Uh, uh, the, this, some other people, obviously, uh, while some amazing things were going on or some historic things were going on. In the world of sports, I got to see some of the greatest ever play. I got to see Michael Jordan, the greatest basketball player ever to play. I got to see Walter Payton, the greatest running back to ever play. I got to see Wayne Gretzky, the greatest hockey player to ever play. I got to see some of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play. Brady, Manning, Montana, I got to see the greatest return man in Devin Hester ever play. I got to see uh, the home run record get broken. And season home run records get demolished. I saw the Red Sox break their curse. The Blackhawks break their streak. Lights get added to Wrigley, and the Cubs finally winning it all. After over a century.
I have lived to see uh, the invention of the internet. It's amazing to stop and think about how much of an integral part of our everyday life the internet is and to think that you predate that. It's still nuts to me. I've lived to see the invention of the cell phone, the invention of cable TV, and computers in homes become commonplace, which was soon followed by the onslaught of home gaming systems, which were uh, things that did not exist in my youth. At some point in my youth, I should say. I've been alive to witness the legalization of same-sex marriage and the green wave of cannabis exception sweeping across the states. As I said, I've been alive to see the Roe v. Wade decision be made and now apparently be on the verge of being overturned. And in the 50 years that I've been alive, the earth has added four billion people to its population. Four billion. In just jotting down shit over the course of the last few days, here are some of the other things that uh, I've been alive for. The Nixon resignation. Now, uh, granted, I was a, a baby, an infant when that happened, but nonetheless, a toddler, but nonetheless, the Nixon resignation seems like it was fucking eons ago. Yet I was alive for that, uh, that, uh, that event. I was alive for the attempt on Reagan's life and the two attempts on Ford's life within 17 days of each other. I saw the American Bicentennial and two of the three presidents to ever be impeached. Which is really stunning to think about it. In the entire history of the country, only three presidents have ever been impeached. I've been alive for two of them. I was alive to see the first black president of the United States and the first female vice president of the United States, as well as the first ever attempt to overthrow the government from a sitting president of the United States. I saw the end of the Vietnam War. I saw 11 Israeli athletes killed at the Munich Games. And I saw mass suicide at Jonestown. All of those events have happened within my lifetime. When you, when you see footage of those events, Jonestown footage, or the Munich Games footage, and you see that grainy film, or you see, you see footage of the last soldiers leaving Vietnam on that grainy old footage. That was how footage was when I was a kid. That's, that's, that's what I, that's the first television I knew. Grainy-ass old footage. I saw the Three Mile Island nuclear incident. I saw Chernobyl meltdown. I saw the onset of AIDS, the fall of the Berlin Wall, and the 9-11 attack. I 
Chernobyl is still a hot spot in the world. Uh, the AIDS epidemic that was brought on in the 80s was was global, obviously, and, and, and lingers with us to this day. The fall of the Berlin Wall was something nobody ever thought was actually going to happen, and 9-11 was unthinkable. If you want to truly talk about unthinkable, though, Another event that popped into my head the other day that I've lived through, the Challenger explosion. Now, being the age that I am, being from the generation that I am, if you're around my age, chances are you saw the Challenger explosion live on TV in your classroom. Schools across America wheeled television sets into as many classrooms as they could so that as many students as they could could see the Challenger uh, space shuttle uh, flying into space. Why? There was a teacher, a civilian, on that plane, uh, plane, on that shuttle. It was, it was one of the biggest news stories of my life, of my childhood. Right up there with, with, with things like baby Jessica falling down the well. And so I was one of millions of Gen Xers that sat in a classroom and watched as this space shuttle continued to climb into the sky. Rockets just propelling it away from the Earth. Everybody on the edge of their seat, look at this, man, it's the space shuttle. That's nuts. That's awesome. And then the explosion. And then the teacher in your room not knowing what to do. I was obviously alive to see the first Gulf War. Tiananmen Square. And the Exxon Valdez spill. You guys remember the L.A. riots? I watched them happen live on TV. You remember when dead soldiers were dragged through the streets of Mogadishu? I do. I also remember when the tank went through the side of the building in Waco, Texas to try and get the Branch Davidians out of their compound after a multiple-day standoff. I remember the trial of the century, O.J. Simpson. If it does not fit, you must acquit. I was alive to see the devastation of the Oklahoma City blast and the panic of the Y2K conversion. Companies across the world, or around the world, across the country, scrambling to try and rewrite as much code as humanly possible because everybody thought the world was going to come to an end. Tonight we're gonna party like it's 1999. Motherfucker, now, oh, uh, uh, uh. Yeah, I throw a motherfucker in every song I sing. I was alive to see the 2004 tsunami, the end of apartheid in South Africa, the Afghanistan war, and the Iraq war. 
I've lived through the war on terror and now a global pandemic. I went from listening to the radio to listening to records to listening to tapes to listening to CDs to just plucking music out of thin air and walking around with it on my phone. I went from having to be in the kitchen to even talk on a phone to having it on my phone. Everything's on my phone. Everything. Fifty years is is it's an insane amount of time. It's an insane amount of history. It's an insane amount of of events. And uh, I can't even begin to fathom what's coming next. I can tell you this. Out of all the shit that I've lived through, that I've gone through, that I've experienced, uh, all of it pales to uh, being a husband and a father. I've been a husband for 23 of these 50 years. And I've been a father, well, technically for 32 of these years. For the longest time, I was uh, under the impression that I was a father for about two decades of those years. Being a father... has to be the most grounding experience of my life. I would say, and you know what, I I never really thought about this part before uh, making this podcast. I just have some general notes to discuss these topics. Uh, But now that I'm into it, now that I'm talking about it, I would say that the most amount of change I've done in my life as a human being has been because I, I became a father. I changed as a human being uh, uh, when I was a kid and my parents got divorced and I needed to uh, change how my life was. Uh, I changed as a, as, a, as a human being when I was a child and I, I had to learn how to, uh, and I'm not trying to get too dark, I'm just trying to be uh, real uh, and accurate with you. I had to change as a human being as a child when I had to learn how to take a punch from my mother. When I had to learn how to, uh, for better way of putting it, survive the day. When it came to taking another beating. I changed as a human being when I decided that I wasn't going to take that shit anymore and I left my mother's house. That was another change as a human being. That was a major change. I changed as a human being as I made my own decision to leave education behind in in search of adventure. I changed as a human being when I, when I went from uh, living like most people live in a domicile, having a job, paying your bills, to uh, living a nomadic lifestyle. Changed once again 
uh, when I went from nomadic lifestyle back to what normal society uh, thinks of a life should be? I had to change as a human being when I got married, and I had to change as a human being when I had kids. And, and, and having kids is probably, as I said, the catalyst for the most amount of change, the biggest impacts of some of the things that I've thought and done and said. Not that marriage hasn't been. That, that one's a close second. When you're looking to protect your kids, when you're looking to do what's right for other human beings that you're responsible for, not because you choose to be with them, but because you made them, you brought them into the world, it changes your perspective on a whole lot of things. And so having kids, specifically having daughters, caused a great deal of change in my perspective, my mindset. Um, it wasn't until I was able to retire that uh, my actual attitude, my actual day-to-day um, -day, uh, sort of general state of mind changed. But having kids really ramped up the amount of change of like positions. As did uh, having a wife, being a husband. Which I gotta tell you, if I'm gonna be completely honest with you, out of everything I've done in my life, out of all of the stuff that I've experienced in the 50 years that I've been gracing the earth with the imprint of my foot, being a husband has been, I'm not trying to be cheesy when I say this. I'm trying to be real when I say this. It's been the greatest part of my 50 years. The fact that she's still with me, and this is no lie, this is no joke, this is no exaggeration. The fact that she's still with me is a goddamn miracle. I've been an asshole. I have not been easy to live with. I have been stubborn and hard-headed. I have done things that have rightfully pissed her off. I'm going to continue to do things that are going to piss her off. I, I am sure that in our life as we proceed forward, I'm going to do things that's going to make her livid. And all I can hope for at this point in time is that if and when that stuff comes down the pipeline, whatever that happens to be, that she continues to stick it out with me. I've been married for 23 years, but I've been with my wife for 25 years, which means as of today, I have officially been with my wife for exactly half of my life. Every day beyond this, it changes that metric. Today is the one and only day that I can say that. I have been with my wife for, for exactly half of my life. 
every day, every week, every month that goes on, I have then been with my wife for longer than half of my life, for more than half of my life. And as much as kids were grounding, stabilizing forces, my wife was as well. Which is something I never thought would happen. I never thought uh, any girlfriend, fiance, wife, whatever, would ever ground me to that degree. Am I the perfect husband? Fucking no. 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 And I know my wife listens to these podcasts. And I hope she understands that everything I've ever done, everything that I will continue to do, good or bad, is done with the best interest of us first and the family as a whole. I don't know where I would be without my family. I don't know where I would be without my wife. And it has been an absolute privilege and my honor to share half of my 50 years on this planet with that woman. As fucking batshit crazy as she is for sticking it out with someone like me. A lot of that shit that I rattled off in all of those things that I've seen or experienced in my lifetime, a lot of it was witnessed with her. Granted, a lot of it wasn't. But a lot of it was. Not everybody was walking around with cell phones when my wife and I met. We used to page each other. Yeah, that's right. Tom, you're not that old. Yeah. yeah. Uh, my wife once paged me and I responded to her on a payphone. You want to you say again how old I am or am not? <clears throat> I can't even begin to imagine what the two of us are going to experience in the next 10, 20, 30, however many years we got left. I got 50 in today. I'd like to at least get to 70. <laughs> at least. I'd like to... Uh, uh, here's that part where I uh, start to break down. So apologize in advance. I'd like to be able to do some of the things that my father said he wanted to do but never got around to it. Not his fault. Not his fault, but... I would actually like to see my grandchildren graduate high school. I 
I would like to see all of my children get married. If that's what they choose to do, I'd like to see all of my kids through college, if that's what they choose to do. And I'd like to see as many of my grandchildren as humanly possible uh, grow up and graduate high school and go out into the world. Something my father did not get a chance to do. I do a lot of comparison to my father. And as I uh, sit here at 50 and look around, I go, I understand that I'm not my father. I get it. There are a lot of differences between he and I. But there are also a lot of very similar uh, uh, coincidences between he and I. And, and I'm just trying to do things a little bit different and a little bit better. Am, am I better at doing things than he is? No, not necessarily. Some things yes, some things no. I'm just doing them the only way I know how. And I'm fucking up things at some point, and I'm getting things right at other points, and altogether the only thing I can hope for is that when that, uh, that mix is poured out, that it all kind of evens out. Am I going to sit here and tell you, here's to the next 50? No, I'm not that fucking naive. But I've had a pretty good time during the first 50. And I'd like whatever the hell I got left to be equally enjoyable and memorable. got a lot more countries that my wife and I need to get to a lot more things that our kids are going to do that we need to experience I just met one of my goddamn kids <laughs> I mean I've known that I've had grandkids for like what, four months five months Here's what I can tell you after 50 years of life experience, ladies and gentlemen. The old term, life comes at you fast, whew, that is 100% accurate. Life comes at you real fast. And how you react to that shit kind of determines who you are kind of determines what kind of a person uh, you're going to be remembered for, uh, what kind of uh, person uh, you reveal yourself to be. And I, like most people on the planet, I would imagine, am a mixture, uh, a little bit good, a little bit bad. Done some things good, done some things bad. And I've done some really bad things. I've done some unforgivable things in my distant past. And I'm not going to lie to you if I would tell you 
that uh, I don't sit here guilt-free. Or that I do sit here guilt-free. That would be a total and utter lie. You know what else happens over the course of 50 years? You add and subtract a lot. A lot. Additions, for example. Once again, my wife. My four kids. My son-in-law. My grandchildren. My entire extended family that I got when I married my wife. Major additions to your family. Business partners. Subtractions? The usual subtractions that come with life. The loss of grandparents. The loss of aunts and uncles. In some cases, the loss of cousins. And yeah, the loss of parents. As I sit here today at 50 years old, I don't have parents. I have in-laws. Luckily, I landed on in-laws that that treat me like a like one of their own. But my parents are gone. I have no grandparents, I have no parents. They're all gone. Even some cousins that were around my age, gone. Had two cousins have major heart attacks right before their 50th birthday. And I'm here to tell you, it's shit like that, as well as the condition of my right hip currently, that is the reason why I carry my cell phone with me everywhere I go. And I don't just mean outside the house. I mean, if I'm going to go to the bathroom to take a piss, I, my cell phone's in my pocket. If I start to have an episode, if I fall, I need to be able to get to a phone. I'm at that stage in my life. When I'm home during the day by myself, my phone is never not in my pocket, and I leave the front door of the house unlocked all day. Tom, why would you ever say that? You can't get into this house, trust me. I'm going to know that you're coming up the fucking driveway because I got security cameras that go right to that phone that I keep on me. I got two dogs that are going to let me know that you're here and you're not going to be able to sneak up on me. But I need to be able to have that door unlocked just in case I do fall or I do have an episode because I'm going to need to be able to have paramedics gain access to this house. That's the kind of shit that changes in your mindset as you begin to age and you see your your medical ailments come on. And I know I'm all over the place right now. And that's what this segment of this podcast is about. I didn't really take a ton of notes. I, I jotted down major world events and no notes went with it. Here's the shit that you've lived through. Go talk about your 50 years. That's what my notes say.
So I'm kind of rambling. I'm back, forth, I'm up, down. I'm just kind of giving you my general off-the-cuff uh, off the cuff perception and overview of my life in general, where I'm at right now, and, and hopefully where we're headed in the future. In general, I, I'm stunned that I made it to 50. But man, am I happy as fuck I did. I've lived to see a lot of really cool shit. And I have been fortunate fortunate enough to have some really amazing people in my life. Tom, why do you spend so much time online? Motherfucker, I met my wife online. Online has been a good place for me. And then I get on this fucking app called TikTok and, and all you fuckers show up. Which is where a majority of my listening audience has uh, has originated from in the last 14 months. And now I don't know what the fuck to do with that. What do you mean by that? Let me tell you what I mean by that. I thought that maybe I would have a thousand people who would be like every other social media app. Cool, you get a little bit of a following together. Great, if I can get a handful, couple of hundred people in total to buy a book or something. Awesome, great, wonderful. Move on with our lives. Gives me an outlet to express my opinions. It's like free therapy, like I always say. And and a handful of people are interested in what I have to say. But no, 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 not on TikTok. Get on that app and then boom. 1,113,000 people show up. (laughs) So now I got that whole community, and and that's another uh, 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 change in... Let me tell you something, man. What it's like having that kind of, uh, of, of of a following, I guess, that kind of of uh, of a group of people that are that are paying attention to what you do it really is odd it really is fucking weird now uh, i don't once again i'm rambling but fucking stick with me here because that's what today's all about i'm rambling it's my birthday shut the fuck up <sighs> i don't make announcements like dude i got to take a mental health break I don't make announcements. Go, I, you know what? Fucking, the internet has just been frying my brain lately. I gotta stop making posts for just a minute. I'll be back, but I gotta stop making. I don't make those po- those announcements. If I don't feel like posting anything today, I don't post anything today. And there have been plenty of days where I've just not made any posts or made one or two posts, as opposed to my usual output of posts. And it is bizarre to have. Hundreds of people send you messages. Dude, are you okay? Yeah, fine. What? What, you make any posts today? 
Yeah. Well, you don't really make posts. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I do, but uh, it's 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 not my job. I don't need to make them. I do them because I want to, and every now and again, I just don't want to, or or things don't fall in line that I'm allowed to because I've got a shit ton of stuff that I need to get done ahead of that. But people are just like, holy shit, you didn't show up for a day. And it's like having a whole other family. It's like having a really big-ass family that are doing, like, digital well-being checks on you because you didn't make a post in 24 hours. It's bizarre. It's nuts. It's interesting. It's fun. I don't want it to go away. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that it's another change in life. It's another thing to adjust to. Yeah, I don't know where I'm going with all of this, if I'm being completely honest with you. I I don't know where I'm going. I'm just sitting here on my birthday going, holy shit, dude. You're 50. You're 50. I remember when my Uncle Roger turned 50. I looked at him and I went, whoa, man, life's over. What the fuck are you talking about, life's over? Like, dude, you're 50. Yeah? Yeah, what? You're 50. Life's over, man. You're not having fun anymore. You're not doing things anymore. Fucking, that's out of the question. Dude, you're 50. Oh, how little did I know. But because I held those those thoughts, uh, and because of the life that I lived, once again, I sit here and I look at it and I go, Jesus fucking Christ, man, you were 50. So, people are going to ask, what did you get for your birthday? What did you do on your birthday? Do you have, any, have anything planned for your birthday? Let me answer those questions. No, uh, no, 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 no. Uh, I told my family that I didn't want to celebrate my 50th birthday until after I recovered from hip surgery. I, I, don't, I don't want to celebrate this birthday in the constant fucking pain that I am in. And while I'm here riffing and getting all fucking personal and emotional with you, let me tell you something. It's getting fucking old. I know, I know. My hip is coming up on June 9th, and I can't fucking wait for it. I am in pain constantly. In everything I do, And nothing helps it. (laughs) Nothing. Take this pill. Nope. Take this shot. Limited uh, relief only. Take this medicine. Didn't work. Smoke more herb. Believe me, I've tried. I have been in constant pain since March of last year. 
And it fucking sucks. So I didn't want to celebrate my 50th birthday in pain. I'm going to get my new hip on June 9th. I'm going to go through every fucking ounce of physical therapy they throw my way, plus some. I'm going to get my ability to walk back. And then we will celebrate my birthday. Hopefully with the entire family. Including my family from southern Indiana. In some way, shape, or form, somehow. My family has asked me, what do you want for your 50th birthday? I told them, I don't want anything yet. I have things that I want. I have a ton of things that I want. I don't want anything yet. I don't want to celebrate this in the kind of pain that I'm in. So there are no plans for my 50th. There are no birthday presents for my 50th yet. There are, there, we're not doing anything for my 50th until September or October at the earliest. That's when we'll celebrate. Uh, maybe we can uh, do it in October as to uh, not mess with uh, my daughter's 18th birthday, which will be coming up in September. I certainly do not want anything uh, of mine to impose on her celebration of such a big birthday. Had a lot of big birthdays this year, by the way, here in the family. I'm 50 today, the 13th of May. Three days from now, our daughter Magnolia turns 21. And at the end of September, our daughter Lily turns 18. Three milestone birthdays. Boom, bada, boom, bada, boom. 2022. What a bitch, huh? So sometime in October, maybe, we'll figure out a way to get together and, and celebrate. Uh, if that's even possible. So be, before you guys even ask, no plans, no presents, no nothing planned, uh, per my request. I want it to come and go and then move on. And I know a lot of people out there would be like, no, man, I want to celebrate on my birthday. Especially it's a Friday. It's a Friday the 13th. Man, tear it up. Go do something. Figure out what you want to do. No, I, I, my pain just does not allow that. I sit through events, and we had a surprise birthday party uh, for my sister-in-law. I sit through events like that, and I keep my mouth shut, and I don't bitch about my pain, and I don't grimace as much as I possibly can, so as not to take away from the meaning of those events. But those events are fucking killers for me. Killers. I don't need my own event to cause even more pain. 
So we'll get together sooner or later. We'll make it happen. I can't believe I have been just rambling for an hour and 16 minutes with absolutely no direction whatsoever. But that's exactly what this turned out to be, didn't it? Jesus fucking Christ, this is like a goddamn therapy session. And I gotta tell you, that while there's nobody on the planet that I want to share the important days of my life with more than my wife, first and foremost, and of course my kids, As much as that old man drove me fucking nuts and pissed me off, I kind of really wish my dad was here today. I really wish my dad was here today. I have very few people left from my family pre-marriage, from the family that I was given rather than the family that I chose. And uh, because of geographic reasons and uh, personal issues, I don't have any of them here today. And that shit that normally doesn't affect me. <laughs> it, it doesn't. My wife will tell you that, that this is unlike me. But, um... I could use a little old school family right now. And I could use another talk with my dad. Not that we were big sharers. <laughs> Very emotional people or even very loving people. He wasn't. He wasn't. But I could use an hour. Hey, Pop. 50. It's kind of fucked up. Any thoughts? Before all of you go worrying about me, I am fine. I am not the kind of person that gets emotional and then goes and does something bad to themselves or, or, or 
flies off the handle and you, you hear about him on the news later. This is, this is, once again, this is a therapy session. This is allowing me to get this shit off of my chest without having to do it in front of somebody else, which is always, to me, embarrassing. In front of everybody, anybody, including my wife. It's just embarrassing to me. It's much easier to do this uh, knowing that uh, hundreds of people are going to listen to it, but none of them are here. I'm in the room by myself. And I don't know if... Sitting here trying to think about it, I'm sure that there has been a moment in the last few years since my father's passing where I've wished I had a moment with him, but uh, not like now. And I can't put my finger on it. For the life of me, I can't put my finger on it. But uh, especially considering for about the last year of his life, he and I argued like cats and dogs. He used to get pissed off when I would go outside to work in the shed and then he would follow me. Or then I would come inside and he would follow me. I would give anything for him to follow me outside today. So in the here and now, while I'm all emotional and leaking from every orifice known to man, and I do mean every orifice, let me go ahead and state my wish that uh, when and if we get together in October sometime, I would hope that uh, maybe my cousin could make it up. I say that now because right now I could little use a little old school family. But uh, she'll come up in October for my birthday and I'll look at her and go, what the fuck are you talking about? <sighs> I don't know. Piping hot mess today, folks. Piping hot mess. This has got to be one of the most uh, unorganized and rambling podcasts I've ever heard, I've ever done in my entire life. And, and an hour and 23 minutes into it, there's a part of me that says, you need to go back and do this shit over again, man. Because you have just been all over the place and, and a roller coaster of emotions. But you know what? I, I, I'm not doing that. Fuck that. Everything that you've been hearing out of me 
uh, throughout the course of this episode has been as real as it can possibly get. So I'm just going to let it stand. I'm going to let it stand, and I'm going to wrap up this episode by telling you that uh, I am not sad for my 50 years. I'm very happy for my 50 years. I am extraordinarily happy that uh, circumstances brought me and, uh, and, and my wife together. I am beyond ecstatic that circumstances have uh, given us four children to enjoy the world with. A couple of grandchildren, a son-in-law... I always talk about how I don't need a bigger house because uh, this four-bedroom, two-and-a-half-bath ranch is a goddamn mansion compared to the tent that I lived in for a few years of my life. And uh, As far as I'm concerned, uh, the fact that I got a king-size bed to sleep in, central air conditioning to keep me cool, and three different bathrooms to choose from uh, means I'm rich. I'm lucky. I've hit the jackpot. But what really makes me lucky, what really makes me rich, is that family. It's the fact that I got four even though they each have their own faults to some degree, I got four great fucking kids. And a really fucking cool son-in-law. I got a couple of really amazing grandchildren. And I have the best wife I could possibly imagine. All of that together has made the last 25 of my 50 years unspeakably amazing. And for that, I am extraordinarily grateful. So, thank you guys for listening. Uh, let's take a look-see at the calendar while I've got your attention here. And uh, you guys are wondering what the fuck I'm going to say next. Uh, podcasts. Uh, the next three weeks, 20th, 27th, and the 3rd of June. And then nothing on the 10th. 10th will be the day after my hip surgery on June 9th. So, uh, your boy ain't doing shit for podcasting. Shit. Three more episodes and then a minimum of one week off. Uh, we'll see if that develops into two weeks off or not. 
Uh, and then we'll have a couple of episodes before we get into the 4th of July season. Uh, and then we'll be in the full-blown summer at that point in time. Uh, these podcasts will consist of me bitching and moaning about the heat because I'm a fat man. Once again, I chafe. And I'm begging for the end of summer. So, thank you guys for listening. Thank you for sticking through a rambling, incoherent Tom Powell. Uh, thank you very much for my free therapy session. <laughs> uh, tell everybody you know about the podcast. We are trying to grow the podcast and see if we can attract some sponsors to the podcast. And uh, uh, tune in next week. Until then, as always, stay grateful. <laughs>